episode 762. Now that the Packers are eliminated from the playoffs, we welcome Nathan Yonke of Pro Football Focus for his season-ending appearance. We'll talk about several players headed for free agency and a whole lot more. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Carvu, and we're taking a look back at the 2016-2017 season. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the line today. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? He's Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com, and he's coming at us live from the site of the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Nathan, how you doing today? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Good, good. Hope you're enjoying your time down in Mobile, but we're going to talk more about the 2016 Packers season in review today, and, and probably a lot of this discussion will focus on the guys coming up for free agency. But, Nathan, if I could start with... Um, you know, last episode we talked about how good that Jared Cook has been that he hasn't dropped many balls this season, and then he dropped two in the NFC Championship game. Was there what was everything else he was able to do offset the drops, and, and do you think that will affect how much money he makes this offseason in free agency? Yeah, unfortunately it seems like we jinxed him, but I do think he is worth re-signing despite those drops that he had. Um, even against Atlanta alone, he was able to have a couple of good plays that led him to have an above-average grade despite those drops. So um, if you include the playoffs, he was top five tight end in terms of deep receiving yards. Uh, he was at plenty of good plays on intermediate routes as well. So over the last seven games of the season, he was able to earn an above-average grade consistently in each of those games. So uh, even though he had those drops, I think he's worth re-signing. He was also an above-average blocker when he was asked to block. So after Price is right, I definitely think they should bring him back. Yeah, I tend to think he'll be a priority for the Green Bay Packers, but uh, perhaps that decision is still weeks away uh, as we talk about some other guys here. Uh, can Nathan, can you sum up how Kristen Michael did, not just Sunday, but, but since he became a Packer and whether you think it's worth worth it for the Packers to re-sign him this offseason? Um, I haven't been all that impressed by him since he became a Packer. He maxed out at 17 snaps in a game. Uh, three of the last four games, he averaged two yards per carry or fewer. Uh, hasn't had more than 50 rushing yards in a game in his time as the Packers either. So um, also doesn't really bring anything to the passing game. So I could see the Packers bringing him back at the minimum, but I wouldn't be surprised even if he does come back in free agency if he doesn't make the 53-man roster, since I'm guessing they'll get at least one rookie at some point in the offseason. Yeah, that's a good point. And, wow, that, that statistic of two yards a carry or less is pretty stark. Um, Nathan, how do you think TJ Lang performed prior to his injury in the NFC Championship? And do you think that will impact his free agent status um, you know, the, the fact that he re-injured his foot. Uh, he was impressive in that game against Atlanta. He was perfect in pass protection, good in run blocking before the injury. And it was especially impressive since that was a game um, earlier in the season when he faced Atlanta that he had one of his worst games of the season. So 
Um, based on what I've heard about the injury, he's going to take things slow, make sure everything recovers fine. So I'm guessing the injury itself won't impact his free agency too much. Um, he's been a top 10 guard again this season. So if the Packers don't end up resigning him, I think he's going to make some other team very happy. Yeah, we'll talk more about TJ Lang later in the show and his injury status. But Nathan, the other free agent on the Packers offensive line is J.C. Treader. Can you compare how he did versus Corey Lindsley this season so we can kind of compare them side by side? Uh, yeah, Treader started out the season very hot. Um, at some point, we had him as a top two center um, over the couple games after the after his hot start of the season, he was around average for a few games before missing the rest of the season with an injury. So even with all that, um, he was an above average pass blocker, above average run blocker, which on a per game basis put him in the top 10 among centers. Um, I don't think Corey Lindsay was quite as good as Treader at his best, but he was a little more consistent throughout the season. Again, he was someone who was good at both pass protection and run blocking. So I think the Packers would be happy either way, regardless of what center they have. I think Treader has a little more upside, but we just haven't seen that consistency from him yet. That could be a tough choice for the Green Bay Packers. We'll see what they do here this offseason. We're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Nathan, do you think Julius Peppers faded at all down the stretch this season? And do you think he retires or not? Um, I think he definitely faded as the season went on. Um, he had four of his best five games of the season, all within the first seven weeks. Um, he had a pass rushing productivity of 11.8 over those first seven weeks, uh, was down to 6.5 over the remaining game. So he definitely wasn't as productive as a pass rusher there um, over the last several games, more often than not. Um, he was still an asset to the team and an above-average player, just not among the best pass rushers like he was earlier in the season. So um, I think at his age, it's still impressive what he's able to do. I think he can be an asset to the Packers or another team if he does resign. He's just no longer worth the huge contracts that he had been getting previously in his career. Yeah, you wonder if he comes back on maybe a one-year contract for the Green Bay Packers. We'll see. Nathan, can you compare how Nick Perry did before and after he broke his hand? Maybe that'll give us a better picture of his contributions. Sure. I know we talked about him a few times throughout the season and how good of a season he had been having. He was at one point among the top uh, three, four outside linebackers in the league. Uh, partially due to a great job pass rushing, but also um, an excellent job in run defense, making a lot more plays than three, four outside linebackers typically do. Um, after he broke his hand, he was still able to come up with a few sacks, but he wasn't as consistently getting pressure as he had been in the past. And then against the run, he had stopped getting nearly as many good plays as he had been. He was still average there, but he just wasn't the asset he had been. So, I'm assuming he heals fine there. I would say that's the Packers' biggest priority on defense. Yeah, I think so too. Um, we know that the Packers also declined the option on Dayton Jones' contract. Nathan, can you help us look at his season kind of as a whole? He's not a guy we talked a whole lot about this season. Sure. He is similar to the previous two guys we just talked about. He started the season strong and then faded a little as the season went on. Um, he had three of his four best games within the first six weeks. 
Um, over the last six weeks, he had no sacks, just one hit, no more than two pressures in a game. So uh, he wasn't bringing too much in terms of pass rush, which is what he's most known for uh, during the last stretch of the season. Uh, just three stops total over that time span as well. And um, there's value to having guys like Jones on your team since um, they're definitely better than some of the alternatives out there. But I think the Packers should only bring him back if it's a fairly cheap option. And it's probably a good thing they declined that fifth-year option since he's definitely definitely not worth um, the money that the fifth-year option guys typically make. Yeah, it seems like that's going to be a real tough decision for the Green Bay Packers, whether or not to re-sign Jones. Finally here, Nathan, can you compare how Micah Hyde did in the slot to other Packers slot receivers this season? Uh, sure. The only other guy that saw a significant time in the slot is Quentin Rollins. So mostly we'll compare those two. And they were actually okay. very similar when they were in the slot. Um, their catch rate was practically the same, same with their passer rating allowed. Um, Rollins allowed a little bit higher yards per catch, but then Hyde allowed a lot more touchdowns in the slot. Um, in general, Hyde was a better, had a better season than Rollins because Rollins was at his best when he was in the slot, where Hyde found a little bit of success in several different places. So um, I don't think Hyde has played quite well enough to earn a huge payday, and I think ideally the Packers can re-sign him for cheap and then one of those two players ends up as the nickel slot cornerback. The other comes in in dime packages. Yeah, Micah Hyde's an interesting case. He's he's not always the most consistent, but he did come up with some big plays this year. Another mm -hmm. interesting one. Nathan, uh, this kind of concludes our season as a whole. Before we let you go, um, you're at the site of the Senior Bowl. I, I know Pro Football Focus has a, a draft guide coming out in the upcoming months before the draft. Can you plug that and anything else uh, before we let you go for the 2016-2017 season? Sure. We actually um, have a sponsorship with the Senior Bowl and that we're not just at the game like most uh, members and media are. We're actually um, grading the practices of the game, marking down every player on every practice snap like we do for regular season games so right after i'm done with this call i worked on the south practice last night working on the north practice this morning so uh, that's what i'll be doing shortly but we'll have plenty of content um, on those practices as well as plenty of draft content throughout these next several months since we did grade every player on every play in the 10 major conferences this past season so um, we will have a draft guide to go along with that that'll be available in the next few months as well so I'll definitely keep an eye out on Pro Football Focus to find what we hope to be the best draft content out there. I think it's great. And Nathan, once again, thanks so much. It was a great year having you in again and uh, looking forward to the 2017-2018 season. Sounds good. Thanks again for having me all year long, and hopefully I'll be able to be on again a lot next year. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Nathan. Take care. Nathan Yankee joining us live from Mobile, Alabama. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? Well, Vince, I'll tell you what's going on out here. First, a health update on the Green Bay Packers. And by the way, I, I, I hope everyone enjoyed basically kind of a 
what I tried to do was ask Nathan all about the upcoming free agents for the Green Bay Packers. Hope you kind of enjoyed that angle we took to that season-ending discussion. And I'm going to kind of continue it here, although we'll probably get away from free agency a little bit in, in a minute. But first, a health update. Offensive lineman TJ Lang told reporters the day after the NFC Championship game he has a hip scope scheduled for Friday, one that was scheduled to take place after the Packers' season was over. Whenever it was going to be over, he was going to have this procedure done. You know, it was it was going to wait till after the Super Bowl uh, had the Packers advanced that far, uh, but as we know now, they didn't. And on a related note, because he also re-injured the foot he previously broke earlier this season, Lang will not be playing in his first ever Pro Bowl this weekend. And perhaps ironically, he was replaced on the Pro Bowl roster by former Packer Josh Sitton, now of the Chicago Bears. But uh, we wish uh, the best for Lang in the long term and both the short term for him. Uh, we talked, of course, earlier with Nathan Yankee about Lang's future and how this injury might affect it. And right now, whether he'll be back or not is anyone's guess. Forced to guess, I think Lang will be back. But as for how many years and how many dollars his contract will include, that's an even bigger question mark. And one we'll talk about more is free agency approaches. But in other Pro Bowl news, while one Packers offensive lineman drops out, Another is going to his first ever All-Star game. David Bakhtiari is replacing Philadelphia Eagles tackle Jason Peters, who dropped out due to an injury. So congratulations to him. I think it was Lang on Twitter who expressed thoughts that Bakhtiari should have made it in the original Pro Bowl vote. But regardless, he's headed to Orlando this weekend. And then in one more Pro Bowl piece of news, Washington quarterback Kirk Cousins is going to replace Packers QB Aaron Rodgers um, uh, in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Washington uh, announced that. Uh, I'm not sure we've specifically seen that Rodgers is dropping out due to an injury, and that might become a talking point in the days ahead if he's dropping out simply for the sake of not playing. Um, I believe it's Rodgers' sixth Pro Bowl berth this year, uh, but he's played in very few of those games. Um, but in an exhibition game, perhaps that's for the best if you're a Green Bay Packers fan and, and don't want any undue uh, exposure to injury. So... Uh, we'll see what uh, uh, what what the official announcement ever come if, if it ever comes. Um, I, I know the Packers haven't announced anything. That the news came out of Washington that that Cousins was replacing them, and they they you know obviously they're building up more the angle that Kirk Cousins is playing rather than Aaron Rodgers is not. So maybe we'll hear more about that there. You you remember last season. Uh, he, Aaron Rodgers, after the, he pulled out of the Pro Bowl last year and, and kind of it, it, it came out not right away, but he had undergone that minor surgical procedure on his knee that really was not, you know, anything major at all. 
uh, but just kind of caught people by surprise because they had no clue like he even needed that. Or So what we'll see if there's anything like that this year uh, when news eventually comes, if it does. But in other Packers news, the team signed eight players to futures contracts now that the season is officially ended. All eight of them were on the practice squad to end last season. So just very briefly here, lifting off, listing off the players that the Packers re-signed, uh, more or less. They are offensive lineman Jacob Flores, uh, linebacker Reggie Gilbert, wide receiver Antoine Goodley, linebacker Derek Matthews, offensive lineman Lucas Patrick, defensive lineman Brian Price, tight end Bo Sandlin, and safety Jermaine Whitehead. Um, it, you know, the the only practice squad player that the team didn't re-sign uh, to a futures contract was, was the recently signed uh, cornerback Benny uh, Benwakari, uh, which I thought was, was too bad because I'd like to see more from him. But maybe the Packers didn't like what they saw in the week of practice leading up to the NFC Championship game. Uh, or who knows? I, the season just ended. They still could sign him yet. If not, he becomes a free agent. And it's also worth noting that wide receiver Max McCaffrey wasn't included on that list because he was promoted to the 53-man roster just prior to the NFC Championship game. Something I don't think we ever had time to note here on Railbird Central. J.C. Treader was placed on injured reserve, and it was Max McCaffrey that took his spot on the roster. I haven't confirmed this, but I imagine McCaffrey was signed to a one-year contract, uh, and if that's the case, he'd be an exclusive rights-free agent in the offseason. So we're still waiting for confirmation on that. Uh, but that was kind of one minor move the Packers made, I believe, just the day before the NFC Championship game. Maybe it was the Friday night before. Uh, but regardless, that that's what's going on. And everyone except Ben Wickery re-signed to Futures contracts. Good. I, I wanted to see these guys all back in a Packers uniform this offseason, see what they've got heading into next year. I think some guys like linebacker Reggie Gilbert, uh, after a year on the practice squad, excited to see what he can do. Um, uh, defensive lineman Brian Price is another guy. You remember the Packers actually had him on the 53-man roster way early in the season when they were going through some injury and suspension issues and they needed him out of necessity and then you know, eventually cut him but brought him back to the practice squad. Uh, be interesting to see if he can you know, make his way back onto the 53-man roster and, and, and all these guys, really. Um, uh, you know, there's a reason the Packers kept them around this long and uh, see if any of them are those so-called diamonds in the rough. Um, so, yeah, uh, and, and just one final note here of, I, I guess, news. And again, this this isn't something that just happened in the past day or so. It It happened last week sometime. And just, you know, as we previewed the NFC Championship game, I just never had time to get around to it. <clears throat> but Packers wide receiver Jordy Nelson was named as the Pro Football Writers of America Comeback Player of the Year. And congratulations to Jordy Nelson for, 
you know, earning that distinction. Um, it is a, a long-time award that the PFWA has awarded for years and years. Um, and uh, But I did just want to kind of point out here, this is not the same Comeback Player of the Year award that the NFL officially recognizes. That one is voted upon by the Associated Press. I I guess this one is considered kind of a lesser award um, in that it, just the fact that it's not officially recognized by the NFL. Um, now, the Associated Press vote may very well end up having the same outcome, uh, but we're not going to find that out until the annual NFL Honors Award Show the night before the Super Bowl. So if you if you want to find out if if Jordy Nelson becomes the NFL's official comeback player of the year, you're gonna have to wait until then. Uh, it's still a good honor. I I mean it's almost as if every news outlet nowadays kind of comes up with their own awards. You know they're just not the officially recognized one. In fact, I think I saw a tweet the other day, uh, maybe it was just this morning. In fact, before the show that that Jordy Nelson was named. Uh, the Sporting News Comeback Player of the Year. So, like, every outlet gives it their own. Uh, just just wanted to make sure that fans kind of understood the difference between, you know, the officially recognized one and, and these outlets that also give their own award. Uh, we're kind of waiting to see if it, if this is just a sign of things to come. Uh, but the the one thing that the Pro Football Writers of America does that nobody else out there really does. I, I Other outlets might, uh, but the, there is no officially NFL-recognized all-rookie team. That's kind of the one thing the I think the Pro Football Writers do the best uh, that, that kind of really serves a purpose. Uh, but it, it's worth noting that when they release that list or or that team last week there were zero packers on the NFL's all rookie team um which was uh, unfortunate you, i guess you like to see you know considering that there is you know 22 spots basically plus plus specialists you know 11 on offense 11 on defense that the packers couldn't get a single rookie on the all-rookie team this year, a little bit of a disappointment. Um, I, I suppose it's good that, you know, we saw defensive lineman Kenny Clark really come on late in the season um, and, and had maybe the playoffs been included, maybe he would have been able to make that team. Uh, but as it is, it, it was just kind of, you know, based on the regular season only, they didn't really factor in into the you know the playoffs into the equation. None of the voters did. Um, yeah, and you also had to assume maybe linebacker Blake Martinez came close to being on the team. Uh, probably didn't help that he suffered an injury along the way, and maybe that hurt his chances of making the All Rookie Team. Uh, so maybe those guys, the, those two I mentioned were the closest for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but other than that, no other Packers player making the all rookie team. Unfortunate. The day ahead. All right. So, uh, in the next couple days for the Green Bay Packers, uh, speaking of the pro bowl earlier, 
practice starts on Wednesday for David Bakhtiari and teammate HaHa Clinton Dix. Um, it will take place at ESPN's Wide World of Sports Field Number 17 at 11.30 a.m. local time on Wednesday, and it's free and open to the public in case you happen to live or be visiting Orlando. And a lot of people visit Orlando with uh, Disney World there and, and all sorts of other attractions. And I believe this this ESPN's Wide World of Sports is on a Disney-owned piece of land, if, I'm, if I have that relationship correctly there. Um, They'll also practice every day from Wednesday through Saturday, just in case you were wondering. It's the return to the old AFC versus NFC format once again after a few years of Pro Bowl draft uh, experiment, I guess you could call it. Um, But yeah, so uh, the, the Packers that are actually in the Pro Bowl practicing today uh, that's that's the closest you're getting to Packers news now that the season is over, folks. Sorry if that's if this is kind of a stretch here, but we're in that we're at that time of year where this is pretty much as good as it gets. Um, but that that's Wednesday, so, and then on Thursday, Mike McCarthy will hold his season-ending press conference. Um, I, I was wrong about him holding a press conference the day after the NFC Championship game loss. The players talk that day for the last locker room availability for the season, uh, but McCarthy won't talk until 10.30 a.m. Central Time on Thursday. And, of course, that'll be streamed live at Packers.com. Um, so that'll be one of the final opportunities to get some news straight from the organization for a while because they really shut things down after that, uh, understandably so, after a long season. But, um, you know, the probably the next time you hear from McCarthy won't be until the NFL Combine. Uh, then, you know, sometime later in the offseason, they have the NFL uh, annual meetings that McCarthy will talk from. But, you know, so, so it, gets, it gets rather sporadic during the offseason, you know, where these guys are available maybe once a month as opposed to, you know, a, a weekly or even daily basis during the season that you hear from from Mike McCarthy. So this is it on Thursday for a while as they kind of wrap up the 2016 season as a whole. And that kind of wraps up the show here at Railbird Central as well. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. Again, uh, there's going to be a lot to get to this off season, folks, kind of putting the, the season uh, in perspective uh, as a whole one last time here. Uh, before we start looking ahead, and, and that uh, uh, we do that on Friday uh, for our two-week engagement in which we have pigskin Paul Guillemet joining us, also from live from Mobile, Alabama, the site of the Senior Bowl. We'll be talking to him about the players on the practice field and how they've looked all week and a little bit of a preview of the game this upcoming Saturday as we start looking toward future potential Packers that could be on the roster uh, coming up in in 2017. So excited for that on Friday. Uh, And my finally, my call to action, today's show is brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's upcoming craft beer bar, looking to open in the coming months, of which I am the prospective owner. 
please give us a follow on Twitter at BrockMadison. That's spelled B-I-E-R-O-C-K, Madison, the city. Um, just uh, that's where it's going to be located. So we're trying to get word out about the new bar that'll be opening. Still months in advance here, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm doing the legwork ahead of time. So I'd appreciate it if you could give us a follow, those of you that are on Twitter out there. That'll do it, folks. Thank everybody so much for joining us here on a Wednesday morning. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Real Bird Central takes place every Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you, folks. On behalf of everybody at Cheese Ed TV, I'm Brian Caravu. I leave you today with a song called On the Road by The String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go. Pack. Go. Go.